do a countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. Very nice. Gentlemen, thank you very much for that. Just That was a flawless countdown. I think there'll be no arguments about this. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you're already welcome for that flawless countdown. Uh, this is this is going to be episode 19 of the Mosby Learning Podcast. That's exciting. It's exciting because every single one of them gets better and better. Now, and that's, you know, regardless of some of the feedback we receive in our uh, personal and professional lives, um, this, I am confident, is going to be the best one yet. We're going to dig into a very interesting topic that really... It comes from us on high. I think that's the only way to kind of to, to start into this thing. Now, I'm calling in from uh, from Mississauga, Ontario. My name's Dan Hurt. And my name's Adam Costix. I'm calling in from Dallas, Fort Worth. And it's Eli Brandt here from the Great Lake State. That is Michigan. That's the, that's the only one, really. It's surrounded. It's, it's the world's high five. Yes. It's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's it's a high five that's being hugged by the the largest source of fresh water in the world. It's incredible. So, Dan, just to kind of step back, do you remember when I was showing you the pictures when the state of Wisconsin was trying to <laughs> take the claim of that they're the mitten state? Uh, yeah, a ridiculous claim, but yeah, I remember this. Yeah. And then they did the the picture of the X-rayed hand in a mitten <laughs> that would fit <laughs> in the state of Wisconsin. Yes, uh, yes I do. The marketing geniuses. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't hear of this. I'm, I'm actually looking this up. Mitten Envy. It, it, okay, well, it seems as though there was this ridiculous campaign by by some joker in Wa- or, uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin. Yep. Is that what you said? Yes. To to try to to try to claim the title of like the Mitt State. Yes. Um, and really, it's 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 a no it's a no contest sort of thing. Well, it's a pretty yes. disfigured hand. It's, it's not it's even horrific. close. I'm looking. I'm looking at the images. It's it's pretty hilarious. You you actually it, put a mitten on the Michigan side. Totally looks like a normal hand. The Wisconsin one. It does not look like a normal hand. It's like it, it's been through a wood chipper. <laughs> That's Fargo, not not uh, Wisconsin. <laughs> That's a callback to episode 18. Um, if you're looking for the show notes for this, you can find them. Mosby. .ca slash 019 and uh, we always encourage folks to email us if they have thoughts about this show you know I did hear um, one uh, little piece of feedback this week unofficial of course if you want to make feedback official mosbylearning at gmail.com and, and Adam just he all he does is watch that inbox if that's the only thing the guy does it's incredible if that's um, all he does based on what but, I heard in the last episode doesn't do it very well. <laughs> hey, come on now. Let me, you know, let I know we're check the old. Uh... Yeah, I know we're going to talk about capabilities a little bit later, and I guess that's not one of my capabilities at all. It is a deficiency. I don't need an action plan for that one. <laughs> um, okay, so this the, the, the we're this is going to change the format a little bit for the show today because there was a, a pretty considerable thing that happened in the industry. I guess as considerable as things that happen in our industry go. Um, the the Talent, the Association for Talent Development, uh, like I said, this came down from on high. They came up with a new competency or they released their new competency model. And I don't know if we want to talk about all three pieces of it because there's kind of a, a, a triptych. There's like it's a, the three legged stool that you've heard of before on the Mosby Learning Podcast. Um, and this particular stool is made up of what do we got here? Uh, building 
personal capability, uh, developing professional capability, and impacting organizational capability. So, Adam, you, you kind of you suggested this, I think, reasonably so uh, as a topic. Where where were you coming from on this? Uh, how did you hear about it, and and why should I care? <laughs> why should you care? Um, yeah. So you know, in any order of your choosing, you take them however you want. <laughs> I'll take it out of on it. No, I I think you know it's a it's kind of a big deal for ATD to, to release this new competency model because it really kind of talks about our careers and what we do and the competencies or capabilities that we should have and really you know when you line that up to job descriptions and then really where training and development learning is going um what really stuck out to me because i've used the old model just to say hey here's things you should work on and you know here's capabilities as a trainer you should start looking into um what just shocked me after perusing this new model is yes there's the three main components but within each one of those components there's capabilities and then there's skill statements where it started getting kind of why i wanted to start bringing it up to talk to you guys about is in each one of them like for example the building personal capability that's one of the 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 poles of Mm -hmm. our Mm three-legged stool there's seven capabilities and there is a total of 49 knowledge and skill statements. Mm-hmm. That's an average of seven each, if, ma- if my yeah. math is correct here. <laughs> so, right. wow, they, wow, that is pretty good. But hold well, on. I, I did all the numbers before. Developing professional capability has eight capabilities and 71 knowledge and skill statements. And then organizational capability has eight more capabilities than 69. And so I started just adding it up, and I'm like, there's about 150-ish. Dan, do the math for me. Oh, try harder than that, boy. Yeah. Oh, it's 189. Is it 189? Wow. There you go. It was a guesstimate. It was a guesstimate. Thank <laughs> you for keeping me honest on it. 189 <clears> knowledge <throat> and skill statements. And so my first question to you, before we kind of dive into maybe some of the, the actual capabilities mm-hmm. that are listed on there, do you think that's too many? Mr. Brandt, as your uh, kind of a returning guest host, I'll, I'll kick this over to you first. Uh, how many angels, so, so if I can rephrase the question, how many angels can dance on the head of a pin? Yeah, it was, uh, this was a heavy, heavy uh, list. And I, I have my own thoughts on it. Um, I don't, Adam, I don't have any experience with the last model. Mm-hmm. Um, to contrast to what this one is. And what I see this as after taking it is, number one, it's to show, you know, where you're uh, shine the light where it hasn't se- been seen a lot, right? So see some mm-hmm. of your things that you can't really do. Well, I- and just, just to be clear, Eli, because so we've talked about the model, and I don't know if we talked about the assessment per se. So the model shows us, if you go to the ATD website, I think it's just tdcapability.org. Uh, you can go there. You can look at the competency model. or the uh, It's not a competency. I'm sorry. The capability model. And you can also rate yourself against each one of those, well, about 150 statements. Um, <laughs> and, and you can you can see where you fall. And, yeah. and it's, sorry to jump in there. Oh, I just no wanted problem. to make sure people could do that. They could play along because if they had 45 minutes to kill that wasn't listening to the Mosby Learning Podcast, you could probably do at least half of this assessment. Yeah, and, and then to put it in perspective, Eli, since you weren't familiar with the, the previous one, the previous one was That sounds three, like a dig, by the six, way. Six, seven, eight, wow. nine, ten. Was ten capabilities with six foundational competencies. So 
we're talking that we've expanded it exponentially in what learning and development and what trainers need to know or instructional designers or um, that we kind of put into our, our capabilities and what we do. And, you know, you kind of, I, I found this uh, assessment humbling <laughs> to say the least. Uh, also, it, it kind of, uh, uh, the phrase already has been used from the top down. And that's kind of where this, like, it's this, this, uh, I felt like this is a, a, a way to say, hey, here's where your deficiencies are. And I'm waiting for, this is the first time I signed up for, uh, for ATD. Uh, for any of their materials, I'm waiting for them to say, hey, you scored like junk on this. Here's some classes you can take for $500 a pop that can probably help you with this. Yeah. That's what I'm waiting for, the sweeping. It's like- kind of funny you bring that up because when I showed this to a couple people at work just at a high level, I'm like, hey, this came out. Check it out. That was the response that I received is, is oh, it looks like they're trying to sell something. And Tony Bingham, man, he's building the empire. It is. The, uh, you know, that's what, with, you know, 100 and, I mean, 150. I mean, that's a lot. I mean, we keep using that number. It was, it's, under, it's, it's, <laughs> it's more, it's history. It's more, it's more than that. I was just using, I trusted your number, Adam. Um, <laughs> but it, it just seems like with everything and everything, I mean, you even look at, um, you know, down to, you know, you look at any form of learning right now, everything's growing and getting more complex, but is it getting better, right? You go all the way down to, like, the public school model, right? They're adding all these non-teaching positions, and it's it's not – the end result isn't getting any better. So if you add all of these extra uh, capabilities, right, is it making the end product better? And, you know, the first one I thought that it starts you out with in the the, the – the personal capabilities, I think that's a good yeah. one because that's where all training and good trainers, especially those that are in front of people, are. Mm-hmm. That's where your that's your foundation, right? So that's and that one kind of sets yeah. you up. And then as it moves into uh, developing professional capabilities and organizational capabilities, that you know there's a there's a distance between your in classroom trainer uh, who's delivering material, who's uh, doing webinars. And then moving to that professional capability where they're really schooled in the learning sciences and the, like the the the, mm-hmm. the stuff the the higher level the two hundred one three hundred one uh, stuff and then you get into the organizational piece that's for training managers, yeah like, that's not your frontline trainer so to score a trainer across all these three boards I think is not um, it is it, I don't know if it's fair uh yeah well, well so i think i think we have to consider what is what is fair and, and and even just like what does that mean as it measures against this and there's a couple of things that i've kind of I, I have thoughts around this and what we need to keep in mind because i scored like shit uh so <laughs> what we all should probably keep in mind is that we all start at zero across everything here yep. and Every so, you know, any chunk that we've got out of there, you know, I was talking to somebody today about how long kind of my story into L&D. So I've been I've been around it for about nine years and looking back, it's like, holy hell, that's good. Uh, But then, you know, you see people that have been in it for 40 years and they know their stuff. So it's it's the only people that I think would score on this are like astronauts because they need to be expert mechanics. They need to be psychologists. They need to be physicists. They need to be agriculture. They need to be everything 
not just for like one aspect, but they need to be everything. So they're the only type of person that would score well across the board here. Um, and those have to be, you know, uh, 80 year old astronauts that have done everything for the past 60 years. So I initially it feels like we're not passing because we get these percentage scores of 30 or also well, I have my best one, the building uh, personal capability. And I'm not going to ask you to tip your uh, tip your cards there, Eli, if you don't want to. But uh, 43 was my best score overall. And some of these things I scored, if I could have scored zero, I would have probably scored zero. I think I got a six on two of them. Six percent. What, of these what things. was the 43 on uh, building personal capability? The overall for, uh, personal capability, did it break down into the capabilities after that? Well, then you've got the individual statements, and I can take a poke at I don't think it really scores you in individual statements, does it? Yeah, it, well, so uh, within building, car, just to give you guys a peek behind uh, oh, it does. Well, the click here. Yeah, building personal capabilities is broken down across uh, seven or eight things. Seven, seven capabilities, actually. Yeah. yeah, communication, emotional yeah. intelligence, and decision-making, collaboration and leadership, cultural awareness and inclusion. Uh, that's one thing. The project management piece is next, compliance and ethical behavior, and then lifelong learning, which was my highest score. Uh, so the thing that doesn't actually require require any sort of professional uh, competency lifelong learning did he have a great attitude i did well on that good job um thank you thank and, you and i think uh <laughs> knowing you a little bit uh on this one i would say so let's say that i i thought i was like a one and a half or a two and a half i would round up i'm guessing you would mm -hmm. round down yes so i so so i scored just a touch higher than you because uh, i think we're, yeah. you and i are pretty darn similar when it comes to this in this uh this lane yeah um so i think that was the difference like if i if you were scoring a two a, a two and a half you would go two i would go three so i scored just yeah. a little bit higher than you on this one but i think we're right in the same groove well, that goes to show the validity of this this exercise, too, because if you approach it on a good day or a bad day, you're going to score very differently. And again, what does it really mean if 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 zero is you've never heard of anything and 100 is, you know, absolutely everything. If I got 43, that's not bad. Like that's not that's not a bad thing. You know what I mean? Now, some of these things I might have got a 13 percent on this is cultural awareness and inclusion, which is strange because. I've worked in Toronto for probably four years of my career, and I seem pretty aware of other cultures, but who knows? Who knows? Um, uh, developing professional, like, it, it's, it just, it doesn't matter what it is. Like, and then, yeah, you had highlighted that some of these things are for not just managers, but like, maybe chief learning officers that they need to know this stuff. So I don't think there's any reasonable person that should expect to do well across the board here. Um, and that's the only way that I'm willing to look at these numbers. <laughs> <laughs> there were, there were some, I, I text Dan when I was going through it, like there are some that just were word salads. Like, let me go. Uh, yeah, we'll, pull we'll up get a couple. We'll, I've got a couple too. We'll and go. So you know what? Since, since Adam, so now hang on, because Adam, uh, he, he has these wonderful ideas, and this is a great idea to go into this, but uh, he, he's a busy man, and, and, and I don't want to poke at that at all. He's, he's uh -huh. very busy. Um, he's got a job. He's got a family, uh, unlike myself and Eli. And so he <laughs> so he didn't get a chance to do he the gets, assessment. He's so, great at arithmetic. Yeah, that's right. That's why he's been practicing that. So, uh, so why don't why don't you pick a question or two, and we'll just we'll just give him we'll, we'll ask him to rate himself on a one to five for that particular word salad question. Uh, I always, as a kid, I loved word salad sandwiches. Word salad. Um, you okay? 
what is your skill in using logic and re- okay let me go tell you what category this is from this is from the emotional intelligence and decision making oh i'm so excited <laughs> <laughs> why uh, did you pick that out of all the ones to pick so one is little <laughs> Two is limited, three is consistent, four is advanced, and five is exceptional, uh, which if you click five, your computer should blow up. Uh, (laughs) It really should. So uh, skill in using logic and reasoning to identify the strengths and weaknesses of alternative solutions, conclusions, or approaches to problems. I, that's I, a first first read too. That's nice job. I was gonna say I, I feel to see how that's emotional intelligence. Um, well, that's I why you suck in, at emotional intelligence. That's well, why. Right, right, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna say yes. I don't think that's really emotional intelligence. Well, so that that capability is emotional intelligence and decision making. If the question was around more emotional intelligence, I would say very very low. As far as decision making, I'm not gonna say exceptional, but I would say it's on the high end. Your computer will blow up. Yeah, computer yeah. blows up, right? So I think from well, a decision making and understanding the impact of solutions, I I, I would say I'd rate myself very good. If it was more on so, the emotional intelligence side, yeah, there, there's none. In in the same way that whenever Gibbs brings up her thirteen thousand LinkedIn connections, I I refer to that as dubious. Um, I I would state that I think it's dubious that you understood the question on first read, having not seen the words. I have gone through these questions sometimes twice and three times to be like, what the hell are they asking? What am I trying? Because I mean, these are these are these are nutrition dense sentences. You know, there's not a these lot of sugar meats. in here. <laughs> Yeah, they sure are, man. <laughs> uh, so here's here's one, and I, this is yellow. Oh, I got I don't another know one what too. This is from. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll throw one out there if I if if I may. If Go I right may. ahead. Um, bup, 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 bup. Skill in conducting analysis of systems to improve human performance. For example, determining how organizations learn, closing knowledge or skill gaps, and addressing human factor issues. <sighs> I gave myself a one on that. Uh, oh, that's rough. Well, and I probably read it three and a half times. I, I just mean, had to this read was... this one again, the one I'm, I got yeah, zeroed yeah. in for next. Uh, that oh. This one, again, from the same exact category from the question I just from the question I just read or skill that I just read. Knowledge of techniques and approaches to learn and or demonstrate resilience. For example, meditation, mindfulness, and perspective taking. <laughs> what the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i know dan how he feels about mindfulness and, and yeah so i i finished and this that isn't book even by... in the cult the, the cultural awareness and inclusion part yeah, yeah it's so i and i'm 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 pro mindfulness now i'm i'm kind of learning a little bit more i finished that book i feel good about that i'm making better decisions i'm i'm sitting quietly better but um naval i i <laughs> yeah 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 um i don't know i don't know and some some of them so and i guess we're, we're being rather bitchy and we're nitpicking at this but i think that it does definitely uh there, there's a couple of things that we brought up that i think are important that of course atd is i would probably say successful at helping people skill up whatever they got going on um and they're also in the business of upskilling people so I think that these are done as percentages. They're done. They're they're put in, put and displayed in a way so that you 
maybe err on the side of you're deficient as a professional. Because I'll tell you what, if I brought this report card to whoever I happen to report to, they're not going to be impressed um, <laughs> un until you they even go do through. Learning? Yeah, well, until they go through all 150 <laughs> statements and say, well, I don't know, maybe it's not so mm -hmm. bad. But, uh, but yeah, first glance, it's not a pretty picture. That's for damn sure. Yeah, it seems like it was written very scholastic versus That's, very real world. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right? And I said so, a highbrow. Yeah, it's, it's highbrow, yeah. but it, it at least in our business, and, and I mean, Eli, you're in a different business. You know, we all work at different places and whatnot. It doesn't seem... No, you guys are in the same business. Well, same... Yeah, but it doesn't seem relatable to the business world. Because even when I'm looking at certain things as far as mm. I was glancing at instructional design, you know, some of the stuff, right? Instructional design models. Yeah, I get that and whatnot. But I got in here of skill in designing blueprints, schematics, visual representations, yeah. and learning and development solutions. For example, wireframe storyboards and mockups. And I get the wireframe storyboards and mockups, but the way they've worded these things to do... I think it gets a little bit confusing. Yeah. You know, I was talking to uh, somebody today about the kind of the various paths to a couple of interesting conversations today that I'm not going to tell you about. But there, there was, you know, I was kind of breaking down the, the different paths that people find their way into a training role. And a lot of people are essentially they become a subject matter expert who kind of is relied on to share knowledge and Eli I think that's your story where where you know you you got good at doing the thing and you got good at explaining how to do the thing and then you ended up as a living explaining to do the thing so you became a trainer through the role of a subject matter expert right. and if you take somebody that's from the line of business and hold them up against this it's like what like what would you even be doing that for it's not going to make any damn sense. So you wonder what the actual applicability is to now, you know, I guess I say that from a, a, a sort of a trainer's perspective or the perspective of a, a specific role as opposed to the entire industry, because that's really what this thing is measuring the entire industry. Right. You know, everything, every single facet about it, all 150 facets of the L&D industry. So it's I, I just don't think that uh, it's it's sensible to hold this as uh again to expect expect more of ourselves than than maybe the numbers that we're getting here yeah i so, don't know so i'd like to go through some of the the actual capabilities from a high level yeah. we'll go into skill statements and yeah, yeah. I'd like to and get so your, just real quick, just to reset here, uh, tdcapability.org is where you guys can access this if you want to play along at home. Uh, if you want to, if you want to score at home, uh, you can try it there, see how it goes. And uh, all you're feeling of course, good, that link, it'll bring you down a bit. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's a bit of. A, <laughs> I just got an exceeds expectation on my yearly review, and guess what? <laughs> I scored twenty. I, I made a little note that says castrated egos um, <laughs> after completing this, because let me tell you. I think one of the but, words uh, I use is I'll I feel like an imposter. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's right. Just that's imposter. Imposter. true. <laughs> Certainly helped. Um, um, Mosby.ca slash zero one nine is where you're going to find at least that link and, and anything else that we may have in there. And uh, just a real quick before we break into those, Adam, because I, I did have a note earlier that I wanted to uh, just say thank you, because there's a few people out there that we have had uh, as, as kind of consistent listeners. It's not a big audience yet. You know, we're, we're obviously in the early stages of this. We've only been playing this game for 
oh boy, three and a half months, something yep. like that, four months four maybe. Months. And um, maybe it's a minute more than that. But uh, gosh, every, every single one of you guys that does download and listen to this, and there's, like I say, there's a handful of you. But man, it, it does my heart good to just see that somebody's listening. And if you guys, like I say, if you have feedback, we'd love to hear that. Learning at gmail.com. And we'll break down all the social media stuff later. But uh, just a big thank you from, from the entire Mosby family to, uh, to everybody out there. Um, okay, now I want to get out of your way, Adam, because you wanted to talk about some specific capabilities in here and some statements. So what do you yeah, got? What do you want to so, look at? So what I wanted to look at is let's start with the, pers- uh, the building personal capability, right? So right. in that capability... There are seven specific capabilities and 49 knowledge statements. Well, I'm not going to bore the audience. I don't think we need to go through the 49 knowledge statements, but I thought we could go through the actual meat and potatoes, the the high-level capabilities. I'd like to hear your opinion. Is that important for trainers to have? And is it something that really needs to be in this model when you're thinking about the modern trainer or the modern mm, instructional oh, designer, <laughs> the modern uh, training Watch and development professional. Um, yeah. You know, and so, so from a high level, there's seven capabilities. Is this important? Is this something that everybody needs to work on in the training departments? Number one, communication. Yes, what it's important. Say? Absolutely. Yeah, that's paramount. Paramount. Yeah. Yeah. So what do we do? Yeah. What's that? Yeah, that's it. Try to communicate effectively. That's that's a big so communication. Chunk of it. So so you know we're bashing the model, but you know the first one, the first capability, we all agree it needs to be okay. There. Okay, all right. That's a very small sample size, but yes, you're right. We'll <laughs> exactly. pump the brakes on the bashing. I'm just saying. So communication, I, I totally agree. I think that's you know one of the foundation uh, capabilities that any trainer, even instructional designer, needs to have. Or even if you're looking at a performance improvement coach, training manager, I think everybody needs to have communication. So the eight sub skills and knowledge skill statements with that i get it um how about the next one this is where i think is interesting emotional intelligence and decision making and then i'm actually going to caveat that with an extra question tagged on to there is emotional intelligence and decision making should that even be together or should that be separate Hmm. okay i'll say I'll say I think it's sensible that they're together mm-hmm. uh, as we are in the business of dealing with humans because that's kind of kind of what we have to do. And I don't think that you can um, effectively make a decision without at least considering the human element. And sometimes you have to employ the emotional side of things to help people come to a decision. So I think that it's it could be argued that you could put them together. Okay. Well, do you see, think that's important for trainers and uh, learning and development professionals? Well, we do a lot of pitching to like, I mean, the other we've talked a little bit in the past about how say um, trainings, it's kind of part of a sales job, too, because you're always giving people a value prop as far as why they should do it. So you're trying to tap into um, you're trying to get buy in from every single learner out there. Sometimes it's easier than others. You know, sometimes it's just you got to do the thing to get paid, but sometimes you have to actually convince them to do stuff. And I think you do have to tap into that side a little bit. Um, so as a trainer, yeah, I think emotional intelligence is important, but that's because I'm really great at uh, having a really strong emotional intelligence. So <laughs> I don't know. Eli, tell me I'm wrong, man. Tell me wrong. I mean, uh, I think the emotional intelligence piece um, and depending on which organization you are in and how your company is run, that may be new to your organization um, as far as recognizing it mm-hmm. as something that's standalone. Um, so 
decision making and the people part, everything you said up there, Dan, if you take out the word emotional intelligence as a recognized thing is 100% correct. But emotional intelligence to a lot of organizations is a very new thing as defined as a concept as a concept well, I, I, yes yeah as, as a defined concept i would agree so, with that but i think that there's been historically people that have navigated those waters and although we haven't had the labels for it right we've you know always thought highly of them right so i think um you know yeah it's 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 an important thing you know the just the ability to read the room uh right like to mm-hmm. yep. to read the that, room. I to, love that phrase too. I love that phrase. And you know, take the temperature. Read the room or take the temperature of the room is 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 really important. So you've got to have that. But um, and I think it's more than just. I think there's only like seven or eight questions on that that mm-hmm. really don't pertain to. You're up in front of a group of people. No. Yeah. And and what you're doing to do that. So I think it's scoring a little bit different than what uh, a lot of folks would 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 term that reading the room. Yeah, because, you know, when, when you actually look at the skill statements, what it talks about is knowledge of theories of emotional intelligence, skill in assessing and managing one's own emotional state, skill in identifying personal biases that include, influence one's own behavior. And I think that's a little bit different than, you know, standing in front of a room. Yep. Yeah, there's definitely a, hmm, well, here, here we find ourselves looking at that whole, what's... TD's motivation for doing this, but they're putting the specific, in a lot of cases, skill or knowledge, uh, the one I'm looking at for, for this, they all start with either the word skill or knowledge. Now, <clears throat> you don't necessarily have to have articulated knowledge or, you know, consumed structured knowledge of a thing to get it. Some people just naturally have that emotional intelligence and charisma they don't necessarily know the names of the people that identified those techniques or they haven't maybe practiced uh, um, um, intentionally those techniques but maybe they have them and i found that there were a few pieces in here that were kind of like that where it's like well do i need to know the names of the six dudes that came up (laughs) with this shit 70 years ago or do i just kind of need to understand how to create a behavioral, you know, objective. Agreed. I don't know. All right. Okay. Well, two yeah, for two. But, we got to keep okay. it in. Two, two for two, man. Two so for two. far, you're doing pretty good. All you're, right. You're making me well, my then, words. Uh, this, I, well, this, I guess Tony's done me. a nice job on the model. Collaboration and leadership. Hey, on this article anywhere, or on this page, does it say sponsored article anywhere? <laughs> Sponsored content. <laughs> you know, no, there but was you another... know what? We're doing a great job of breaking down the model, so ATD should be uh, sponsoring us. They should. Well, but then we'd be bought and paid for. That. That's right. <laughs> I'm fine with we'll that. We'll be big training. <laughs> big training. Corporate. Big training. The corporate right, overlord. So the next one. The next, next? one. Yeah, the next capability one. here. We have collaboration and leadership. And I don't even think we need to spend on this one. I think, well, I'll get your opinions. But my opinion on collaboration and leadership is that you absolutely, that is that needs to be in there, right? Collaboration as a service part of most companies being in the training department you know we're service oriented business um i think collaboration is is critical yeah i'm good and then leadership you're if you're in front of you're directing a class you're leading yep well there's certainly that part of it and i think uh in addition to that there's kind of the you know the the managing the team side of it, and that's something that you know I, I've never I've never managed an L and D team. I've managed people. You know when I was working at uh, a, um, an office supply chain, not to be named here, but uh, yeah, when I was working there, I was definitely managing people. It's different, of course, when you're in a grown up world of uh, 
of a big corporate organization. But yeah, I don't know. Okay. So yeah, we're on board collaboration and leadership. All right. Next one, cultural awareness and inclusion. Kind of snuck up on us that one, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Now, what, what are your thoughts on it? My thoughts on it? I think it's very, I, I think depending upon your organization or what you're doing, I think this one, it kind of needs to be kind of an asterisk, right? You know, well, I guess, well, I guess I've taken it back as I'm talking through it. I guess you do need to have cultural awareness. Um, can't get away uh, from know, it in this day and age. You, you can't get away from it because, you know, if you listened to last episode, we talked about the, the guy at the uh, uh, Chicken Shack place who, you know, sent the person home for wearing chicken the shack. And I don't want to get sued by Chicken Shack. It was Chicken Express chicken in Express. Saginaw, Texas. But so he had no cultural awareness, right? It was a training thing. So, you know, being aware of that uh, is probably a good thing. You know, and I actually saw this little bit different story, but, you know, we've done a, a lot of military training and, you know, it was amazing how mm-hmm. many things were wrong in the pictures and the shutter stocks and sorry, shutter stock or eye stock photo or any one of those places where you get stock photos, the actual military pictures are wrong. And people from the military were calling us out on it saying, Hey, wait a sec. That's the wrong uniform. They're wearing it wrong. They're not in the military. The same holds true in cultural awareness, right? If you're putting the wrong pictures and you're, 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 ba- you got to be aware of those things. So I, I think you need to be aware of it. You know, a quick note, because I have been, I don't know if it's inappropriately miffed or very appropriately miffed a few times that people, uh, taking issue, man, I'm going to choose my words as carefully as oh, I can. Take here we a, go. Cultural awareness and in- inclusion, Dan. Inclusion. Yeah. Yeah. You shut the hell up, pal. But, um, <laughs> so uh, the, People often take issue with stock photo not representing a diverse enough uh, set of people. Yes. And oftentimes that the call is put out that says, hey, designers, uh, like instructional designers, hey, training people, we need to do better at this. And I uh, don't know that that's the appropriate way to go because it seems like. And again, I'm, I'm not done talking, so don't judge it yet. But it seems like the issue doesn't take place within the training sphere. It's the people that are taking the photos. Because I actually took the time to go look at websites and find out, like, what, what does Shutterstock and friends, what are their submission requirements? And you can, like, anybody can submit photos to a lot mm-hmm. of these services. So it's not a matter of people... Um, using clip art. I mean, like uh, we have to use the clip art and the stock photos that are available to us or we take our own. Like both are great ways to go. But if we don't have a lot of uh, and it's it's obviously getting different now because the call has been put out there a little bit, but it's because that the photographers are the ones that aren't taking the photos that we need to use. So it's an so accessibility th- issue. Um, like, like, you, like wheelchair the, ramps? Really supply. <laughs> supply, a supply issue. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I meant the wrong word. Yeah, I, I, I would say so. I would say it's a supplies issue because it's just, it's not available and out there. So I'm not saying that I want people exclusive. I want white people in photos exclusively. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we need to make sure that we, we source the problem to the actual root and we don't just bitch to the clouds and say there's not enough mix it's like okay well fine well let's go talk to who we need to talk to and not yell at instructional designers on linkedin for this problem you know what i mean yeah i just thought of a great clouds meme (laughs) (laughs) i just thought of a great business idea diversitystock.com 
<laughs> well, so so the thing is, it swings the other way because then you get these ones, and I there was like root photo or something like that. But then then you get ones that are just like well, just black folks hanging around in a coffee shop or at a conference table, and it's like okay, that that's fine. Sure, you're gonna have those situations where those photos are appropriate too, but the point is to have a, a blend of people in there as well. So, Oh God, I can't wait to be canceled. Um, okay. Move, let's move on to the next one. Just to I guess Vince po- yeah. yeah <laughs> P- Portland's not going to be happy with that one. All right. So let's go to the next one. And, Money, and this baby. one's self-explanatory. I think is we all agree. Project management have to have project management, whether you're in a trainer role and or instructional designer or training manager or a coach any of those roles change manager um technology side lms it doesn't really matter i think everybody is going to need project management skills yeah Uh, and you know i really wonder if we were to take all these things here and then we held them up against general like generic human how many things that average human being should also have because should they have a, a collaboration in mind should they have emotional intelligence should they be an effective communicator you know like how many of these things should just a regular human have yeah and you know and i'm, I'm just going to skip so we're not going through each one the, the last two are compliance and ethical behavior and the other the last one is lifelong learning so you know when we look at that personal capability one there's seven capabilities within the personal capability. Wow, they make it a tongue twister, right? So capability, personal capability, seven capabilities within that. I think we all agree that all of those need to be in there, but in the same sense, do they really need to be there from a learning and development, talent development perspective, or just a general employee or person, consultant, whatever you are, you should have all these things. I mean, the other thing too, I you know, just, you know, there was a, a spark and a, a dim light bulb just went off. But if you you know just focus on these seven capabilities, right, in this particular focus, this is a lot. What these are a lot of the things that get that a uh, performance review goes on. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean from a goal that's, setting that's, from a goal setting thing. Those are I mean those are those are them. I mean that's uh, you know regardless of your position, right? Like if there's mm-hmm. there's not a yeah uh, in our organization there's not a uh, performance review for uh f- per position right so it's across the board so these are all things mm-hmm. that are uh encompassed for you know a lot of the uh positions out there now of course our our corporate um assessments are somehow tied into our corporate goals um i don't know if we have goals for our industry what are our industry goals i wonder what do you mean I this I don't know. This is what I'm saying. Like so, I mean, our corporate goals. You, if you have an assessment, they should be tied to your your corporate's uh, initiatives, the goals, the things that they want to be. Uh, do do we, as an industry, do you think that there's things that the industry should be, or is it just purely purely reactionary? You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. It's it's oh, these are maybe deep well, I, thoughts. This is no, Jackie no, no. I, I see where you're going, but as an industry, right? I mean, when it really fundamentally breaks down, is we help people do their jobs better, grow as individuals. I mean, like you can kind of just spitball off of that, right? Like we teach people how to do either do their jobs better, perform at a higher level, do something differently, or develop skill set or develop them and capabilities you were beating the behavior change drum for quite a while there weren't you changing behaviors 
Yeah, wasn't what like what there was there was a thing you were like really harping on pretty good like three months ago. Is that what it was? I, I, it might be. Mm. Was it ROI? Very fast. Mm. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> Had something to do with HSBC. I don't know what the hell it was. Oh, I'm sure it does. All right. Um, should, so do you want to jump to one of the other two? Yeah, we can jump to should the we, next Should one. we pick your favorite of those two? Because I don't know if we're going to have time for all three of them tonight at the, uh, so, the, yeah, the pace that we're going here. Let's in. go into professional capability here. Okay. Um, that, that's, yeah. I, nice call. I like that. I like yeah. That. And so, you know, in the professional capability, and this is where I thought it got a little bit interesting, right? Because there is... Within the professional yeah. capability, there's another eight capabilities and another 71 knowledge and skill statements. I mean, you know, when you really think about that, at 180 knowledge and skill statements, you almost have to become an expert at the model to be able to use the model. That's fair. Yeah. The first one. Well, so that this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. This is this is the this is everything. This is everything that has ever touched the L and D world at all, at least how it's currently viewed. So, uh, like the six of these things apply to me. You yeah, know what I mean? and, I and so when I start looking at the eight capabilities, it starts talking. The first one is learning sciences, and this is where I thought it got really, really textbook, really academic. Um, and so, so sure, you, you know, you need to know Now's adult learning theory, Bloom's taxonomy, Gagne's nine levels of learning. Well, so hang and on. it just keeps going. Do you need to know them? Well, I mean. So should, 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 should we just take a moment and review Gagne's nine levels of learning together? Does that sound like a fun thing to do in public? Because <laughs> I'm not going to do very well at that. <laughs> no, like, and I have no doubt that if I knew Gagne's nine levels, I think it's, is it Gagne? Yeah. G-A-G-N-E? Gagne? Mm-hmm. if I know. Oh, Gagne? Like Gagne and Lacey? Is that mm-hmm. um, but but th- this this is what I'm saying. In what each and every one of us does, how much do I need to know Magger's criterion referenced instruction approach? I bet if I knew it better, I might be better at my job. But I've had three different jobs in the in the L&D world, and every single one of them, the boss has said, you let me know when you're looking to come back. Yeah. So I don't know half this shit, but it seems to have gone well for me. <laughs> you, only, you only don't know half of it? Yeah, that was a bit of a humble brag, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, so I thought this learning science one, you know, this one, and, and the reason I also think this one is really overdone is because like the, the, the first comment there, knowledge of foundational learning theories of behavioral, be, I can't even say the word, behavioral you want me to read it? Yes. <laughs> Give it here. <laughs> knowledge of the foundation well, learning theories of behaviorism, cognitism, and constructivism. All right, what the oh, hell do those words so mean? Close. So close. Yeah, behaviorism, Co- well, I get that. But what's cognitivism and constructivism? I'm thinking through it. So this is these are the learning theories and then constructive. Th- I don't I don't know. See, okay, exactly. But that's true is my point. Does it matter? No, because I, I don't even know better, what that word we, means. So. If we knew them better, we could be more published. We could be in front of more names and we would have talked at more conferences, which would be super cool. But we have a podcast. <laughs> Jokes on them, eh? Take <laughs> well, that, no, Tony. I, I mean, you said well. Well, you said be in more things. Well, Dan, you and I have we've spoke at conferences. We've yeah. have a podcast. Yeah, which you know yeah. in, in our humble big stuff's over there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Those are okay. So is too. this is are 
are we are we a result of the dumbing down of society and these fine people are trying to just desperately cling to to uh, an exception like a, an idea an academic ideal is is that the like are we are we the dumb kids in class that are picking our nose and eating crayons well i don't know but i i just looked up constructivism and education yeah. has roots in epistemology the learner has prior knowledge and experiences, which is often determined by their social and cultural environment. Learning is therefore done by students constructing knowledge out of their experiences. Man, I'll tell you, every single episode keeps getting me closer to wanting to have a glitch that just makes it go away. <laughs> <laughs> These get rougher and rougher sometimes because, because yeah, I mean, like this is, I, should we be more embarrassed at saying we don't know some of this stuff? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So maybe we shouldn't. So maybe we but just say like, keep a, go ahead, yeah. It, you you know it's the uh I mean the bigger picture thing. It's it's the the justification and like there's a lot of stuff that gets added on all these bells and whistles that you never use. Right? Like Ooh, these yeah. these yeah, the 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 people who are creating uh softwares and things of that nature to help with learning and development. Yeah. They might need to know this stuff, but the front end, the people who are actually delivering it to uh, the the people, like it's it's not in their wheelhouse. Like it's not what they do. It's for for two different, it's for two different, like this is the, this is the ivory tower section is where we're at right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With the learning sciences. So I think the next two capabilities, I and I agree totally, is instructional design, training, delivery, and facilitation. We totally agree with that. I wish I did better on instructional design. <laughs> what? I wish I did better on that because, I mean, I'm an instructional designer. Um, and it's like, oh, I did okay. I did, I, I did reasonable. So, okay, if we're starting at zero, I've made it almost to halfway up. Okay. So, I got you know, it. I that's got it. something. Another spark here, right? So we're talking mm-hmm. to structural design. Now, in the field that we work in, right, that we live mm-hmm. in right now, that we're delivering our training mm-hmm. is in the financial sector, right? Roughly mm-hmm. financial, real estate, that place. Yeah. Right? So yeah. we were talking. I've heard of both uh, ways. There was an article that we that, that was that was tabbed to be talked about that we, we were referencing earlier about um, training for the 737 MAX, right? The Boeing. Yep. I would say that those behavioral learning sciences probably are more important on training a subject like that than they are sure. about something that, like in, this, in the field that we're in. So we're looking at yep. this from a very, very small corner of this whole L&D thing. Yeah. Um, and, and, and for what we do, these things might not be that important. Um, but yep. if these learning sciences may have determined that to train somebody who flew a 737 to fly a 737 Max, all they needed to do was take some tablet training courses. And so if, you're saying they didn't do a very good job We don't either. know this stuff, and we knew that's not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, we all agreed before the before the podcast that that was a bad idea from a training yes, perspective. Call. Yeah, we would have. So that. just because you put fancy balls and wh- bells and whistles on it, doesn't yeah. mean it makes it any better. Yeah, right. Which, by the sure way, that enough. was a horrible idea to train them. 
that way. Exactly. We and know they, that now, And they probably we? used – hold on. Let's go back. Uh, they probably used the – uh, what was it? The, well, like cognitism, uh, the, cognitivism. The Gagney's nine levels of learning, uh, Magger's nope. criterion mm-hmm. reference instruction approach to train somebody to fly a plane uh, with a tablet. With a tablet, yeah. Huh. And they got a badge when they completed the course yep. of it. Flare. So Another piece it, of flare. It, and that's mm-hmm. actually one of the eight capabilities is using technology applications. So they... <laughs> Nice they segue. actually did fantastic on the capability of technology application. Did they, though? But, well, no, on the application of it, right? But Not really, because evalu- if the application e- didn't result correctly. Well, evaluating impact, they did pretty bad <laughs> oh, about. There was impact. Well, so, so this, <laughs> this kind of goes back to a lot of these questions. They start with knowledge, knowledge of principles of user interface design. So just because you have the knowledge doesn't mean you can use it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, what, let's 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 do a couple a uh, couple more quick ones, and then um, what if if you could do only two more, Adam? What would you pick? I would pick coaching. Coaching. Oof, that was one of my that t- that was a tie from one of my worst ones. Which is interesting because when they talk about coaching, and this this is why I pick coaching, it's a discipline and practice that is essential capability for any talent development professional. Ouch. And it continues to go. In so, my face. So I got 6% on that one. Hey, do you think as, as that like that one slice, yeah. Do you think the same people that came up with this survey are the same ones that created the the one uh, that you took before your for your job now? <laughs> the, the caliper assessment, yeah. the personality assessment. <laughs> yeah, I mean like let's let's just give this this asshole the gears. Let's just needle him a little bit more. Uh, no, these those so okay. So you know, we we here. Uh, I I am a firm believer of transparency and 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 sincerity and honesty. So I scored myself. And again, this these are these are I'm I I run on the cynical side and and a little bit more on the negative side. But let's go through some of my 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 sad moments here. Skill in creating effective coaching agreements. I don't know what a coaching agreement is. Uh, knowledge of methods and techniques to evaluate the effectiveness in coaching. Nope, never done that. Uh, a skill in establishing an environment that fosters mutual respect and trust with coaching clients. Now, I can figure mutual respect and trust. I don't know how to do that with coaching clients specifically. Uh, skill in recruiting, training, and pairing coaches and mentors. Nope. Knowledge of professional standards and ethical guidelines for coaching. Now, I just assume that means don't sleep with people that you're coaching. Usually I don't know. That. So I put little. Uh, so, uh, like, I don't know. I don't know. And I think part of this is just knowing the language. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know the language. Maybe if I understood all these words and what the phrases mean, then I would have did better. But I don't know. Eli, how'd you score on that? Uh, not well. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, yeah, I had a, for, a little bit of coaching in my background, but there was more ones than there were twos, and there were no threes. Got it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, and then the other one, and last one, that I think uh, I just thought was interesting is the 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 one that's a crutch, um, is just evaluating impact. And, you know, I know... Everybody always talks about evaluating impact. And I, I got to say, it's hard to evaluate impact yeah. for some training yeah. programs with, you know, and I don't know if this is, you know, what you guys have going. It, there's just so much to do and evaluating impact takes time where a lot of times <sighs> the business has already moved on to something else. Um, and 
you know, there's, there's ways to do it. You know, I've, I've been lucky enough to do that and with our team and, and, you know, evaluate some of our courses, but overall it is a very difficult thing. And I think, you know, a lot of times in learning and development, they're like ROI and how do we evaluate? And it really never gets done very often. And at least that's yeah. what I see. So I don't know if you guys have different experiences with that. Well, I, I have a thought that's going to bring us from evaluation to to something that I've been kind of thinking on for a minute there. So, Eli, I'll kick it over to you because I kind of want to take that for a second and walk down a weird little path. Any thoughts that you have around evaluating impact? I mean, it's to me, this is always the most important evaluating impact in the very beginning is uh, how does the person who requested the training feel about it, right? And yeah. that's the most important thing, right? Because then you, it's all about the relationship and building that trust. And then there's the actual numbers that come behind it. But a lot of it, you don't know, especially, again, in the in the sectors that, that I'm in, right? There's, there's contributing outside factors, right, that can so impact. So many variables. That can yeah. impact it that you don't know whether, was it the training? Was it not the training? Was it? Uh, or was it this event that happened that caused, you know, so evaluating impact, like, like Adam said, is a, is a pretty tricky, uh, rope to talk to cross. Now, if, if we were to look at this entire exercise, the, the, the last, you know, 45 minutes we've been talking about this and we've scored ourselves, I, I, you know, may, I think sensibly we, we've, we've taken our best. We've, we've looked deep and we said, wow, we're terrible at this um and other things maybe not other things maybe not you know but what i'm thinking if it comes to measuring impact is td has just very clearly identified all the places that they can help us move the needle of all 150 elements of this whole program <laughs> i think that one's gonna stick but, around for a while Oh yeah, that's a keeper. Um, so, so this this is kind of how it dovetails into something I've been thinking about lately, and um, just a little little peek into my world. One of the, well, really the only video game that I play is Fortnite, and I think a lot of young men have probably wasted a lot of valuable hours on that game. But it's it's a form of entertainment. So, I, I always struggle with the whole entertainment. Is reading a book's entertainment, but that seems to be put on a pedestal compared to watching a TV, which is on an even shorter pedestal until you look at gaming, and that's put on the lowest pedestal for some reason. Um, and and they're obviously very different formats and mediums. But I was looking at Fortnite from through through the lens of learning, and. I, I really hummed and hawed. I looked at it and I thought about it. I thought, because they've got a million different things going on in that game. But I think, and just if if this is a new thing to you, which I don't know that it is, you probably heard it, but maybe you don't know what it is. So a short version of this is um, you and 99 presumably strangers it's a are royale. all... In a, it's game. a battle royale thing. So there's 100 people that are essentially dropped on a small island. And the island, at least in the course of that game, probably stays exactly the same. Um, you're on there and you're if, if you you try to win, you try to kill everybody else and everybody else tries to kill you. And there's one person standing at the end of the game. Matches last around 20 minutes, something like that. Right. Um, but there's games, there's, there's prizes, there's silly stuff. It's fun. So there's, there's a lot of different game at it, it is, it is, well, it's the, probably the most successful game on record. Uh, at least, you know, currently, like there's the most people playing that thing. Uh, I just 
I'm, I'm hoping that that fact's accurate. No, it but is. I'm thinking. It is. Uh, it I, is I was free. thinking about that's and and they make just gobs of money. What they make like 1.7 billion dollars last year? They did something like that. Out of control. Yeah, for a free game, it's incredible. So what I think it came down to was their ability to measure absolutely everything. They track where your player is when your player does certain things. So they keep a meticulous book. They know if you picked somebody up and you carried them 10 meters, they know if you picked a friend up in a what's called the storm in the game and you walked them out of the storm, they know absolutely everything. It's it's unbelievable. And I was thinking about how we can apply this to learning. And the, one of the issues is even on a good day, as we just highlighted, it's difficult to measure things. I think a lot of that is dependent on the probably the industry and probably the culture, because how many times is it like, yeah, we need this thing. Okay, what metrics do we have? Yeah, we don't really have metrics around it, but we know we need it. That happens all the time, right? That happens all Daily. the time. Yeah. And I was, th- I, I don't know. I mean, here, here is, here is a hundred and well, 189. I, I hate to use the accurate number, but there's 189 metrics that now TD has helped us at least identify whether or not they're appropriate for us. We now see them in front of us. Have we though, though? Um, because we don't know no. what the, a lot of these things mean. We could certainly look into it. <laughs> well, though. you know, on the ATD, uh, on, on the on the TD site, which I and they're TD now, not ATD, right? Um, yeah, I think so. They yeah. say you know, pick with the ones that are most relevant to your position. But I still go back to if you're in learning and development, you should be more well-rounded. And so, yeah, if you don't know well, what they should. mean, is it going to be even functional? Is it going to be relevant for people to actually be able to develop? You want to talk about well-rounded? I'm under forty-five percent on all of these, so I'm very even, even keeled around everything here. Yeah, I got a thirty, a twenty-nine, and a forty-three on these these various pieces. So I think ideally we should be a jack of all trades, and and I'm not saying a master of none, but we should be a jack of all trades. Actually, there's a, so a podcast that myself and and Mr. Eli Brand have listened to recently. The guy had a phrase; he got it from a friend, though, so I can't really attribute it to him. And what was that dude's name? Naval remember? There you go. Um, but he said, uh, his friend said to him, specialization is for insects. And and I think that's pretty apt, you know? I mean, sure, the people that do an, just a 30-year deep dive yeah. into one small thing, there's absolutely no doubt that they have found something of value in there that they're able to share with the rest of the world. But general impact? I don't know. I don't know. I think well, if you if you spread yourself across a bunch of different things, that you're probably going to be better off. Well, like so, Louis C.K., oh. don't go ahead, Adam. So I was going to say, you know, I can, I can use it in my experience, um, you know, ups and downs, you know, finance, business, everything like that. But, you know, we've had, you know, some ups and downs. And last year, you know, we've had some, you know, re- reduction in forces, right? And, you know, when you take mm-hmm. a hard look at the team and you say, okay, where do we reduce? Where... I kind of looked at reducing was in areas where they were on the extreme outs. And what I mean by that is mm. people that had, you know, great instructional designer, but that's all they did is heavy e-learning instructional design. In the vice versa side, when I looked at it, it was like, all I can do is facilitate. I'm just a facilitator. I'm a, I'm a, that's all I do. Yeah. I do not do any instructional design. Yeah. You give me a script. I, I read it. And that's it. 
And so I, I started looking at, you know, my team, it was one of those things where it was like, if you can't cross over, and I'm not saying like the facilitators and instructors need to be phenomenal instructional designers, but they should be able to make a, you know, a job aid. They should be able to, you know, do some basic PowerPoints, some edits, um, and then vice versa. You know, if you're a instructional designer, you know, at least in, in my world, and, and, you know, when we talk about, you know, different industries and different things, and, you know, there's different ways to organize, you know, learning and development structures. But in our immediate world at, at the company, it was, it was more needed for even the instructional designers to be able to say, you know what, I may not be the best facilitator, but I could pick it up and do it if I have to. Yeah. Yeah. And that made them more well-rounded. And then you know, they didn't get caught. Yeah, it's it's uh, that's the value prop of a, of a human. That's that's what that is. You know, if you can provide something, one specific thing, really, really well, well, that's great. But what happens if something catches fire? Yeah. Like we need to have flexibility, and that's Eli, that's did where you the have general something on are. Oh, it was along the lines of those uh, the uh, the specialization thing. But Louis C.K. said a long time ago in one of his early specials that. Uh, you take a, a PhD student or somebody who's going for their doctorate, doctoral, uh, or you take like a 40-year-old garbage man, and the 40-year-old garbage man is going to know more because mm. they have all that life experience versus one person that's been, been studying one or two things yeah. their entire life. So, I mean, yeah, you know, having that well-roundedness and being able to do uh, different things and having the willingness, I think, is, is really important too, Adam. It's not just can they do it, it's you know, where's the willingness mm, uh, to do that as well? It's a good point. And, and, you know, I think overall in all industries, so, right, you know, we're hitting it at a different time than maybe a lot of other people in different industries. But I think, you know, when we talk about digitization and technology and just job roles changing, that reskilling workers and changing what workers do today, they need to be willing to say, you know what, hey, I did this yesterday. I need to do this tomorrow tomorrow i need to relearn something and that's actually i think where talent development can really kind of help is you know i think everybody's job is going to be impacted with technology you know in the next several years it doesn't matter what you do technology is going to continue to impact what you do and i think everybody needs to be open to that change i don't think you can just say that's all i'm just i'm just an instructional designer doing my long-form e-learning and those you know, days are gone. They are. I mean, you know, even, you know, we, and to have a lot of instructional designers, I was just interviewing somebody, you know, they were doing, uh, they're using Rise now, right? It's rapid prototyping is a lot faster than, you know, building out full on e-learning longer courses, um, you know, rapidly building things versus what they did in the past. And that's where, you know, micro learning comes in, nano learning, like all these different things, oh, but it has to, we like, go. I had to throw it out there, nano learning, right? But I think it, you know, people need to adapt really quickly. Yeah, no, you're right. All right. Uh, so uh, I don't think uh, I don't think there's too much else to say right now. I think we can. Uh, we all seem to be in the camp that if you want to survive in this world, and at least in this uh, this discipline, you gotta you gotta know a few different tricks. One hundred and eighty-nine. You can't know one thing. One hundred and at least at least one hundred and fifty. Yeah. That's for sure. Okay. All right. Um, I got one more thing to touch on before we hit the road. 
It's well, you know, I might hold on to that. I do have a poem, though. We'll see. We'll see. But I got I got two things. I got a note from Portland here uh, for the last episode, and um, lest we get through another episode unscathed, and then <laughs> uh, and then yeah, maybe a poem if there's time. But uh, like I said, show notes. You're going to find the show notes for this. You're going to find the link for everything we talked about at mosby.ca slash zero one nine. Check that out. And um, Adam, did you happen to check the inbox to see if we have anything waiting there for us? I did. I double checked. Okay. Because I do it's, check it's it on an hourly checked. basis. I normally will get responses out within about 20 minutes, but uh, I did go. not see anything come in while we've been discussing this. You done messed up, A.A. Ron! Very good. All right. So the last episode, and and I think we knew, I think we knew halfway through that episode, we were going to we were gonna hear something back from Portland. And, uh, and I did get this message, uh, Mr. Hurt from the corrections office. Please be aware, your podcast has received a full disadulation for the events that took place during the recording of episode 18 of the Mosby Learning Podcast. This is our first disadulation issued in 2020. This decision is final and cannot be appealed or reversed. In a single episode, you and your co-hosts managed to, and this is, this is a, you know, you look at it listed out and it's like, oh boy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All these <laughs> Went things off happened. the rails a little bit. All these things happened. Um, it is a managed to number one, number one, infer that a male management level employee's female supervisor was accountable for him asking for a hijab to be removed to comply with uniform standards. Now, number two, rhetorically ask how often is journalism just a piece of shit opinion article anymore that might have been me i i I can't remember it's been a week but um okay so ask that question in a critical time where the sacred institution of journalism is being attacked and uh, uh parentheses here worth noting three of you read the same article and had wildly different opinions of what it actually that was said. entertaining <laughs> there, well, I think we found different things in the article that stood out to all of us um, based on the parts of the article that we read. Uh, number three, advocated for spanking in the workplace. And I do remember that. Um, I That might have been Adam. I can't remember who said that. But uh, number four, laughed. Oh boy! Yeah, this okay. This yes, this technically happened. Laughed at and mocked a presumably mentally ill female who fell into a donation bin repeatedly. <laughs> oh come on! No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't see why no. anybody would have any issues with that. I think I do have to take responsibility for that, but it's but really, <laughs> I th- yeah, she should take responsibility. You're right. You're right. Okay. But did you see um, the article I sent you though about the other yeah. guy? Yeah, the other the, guy. The yeah. Hollywood Superman. So it's a you, thing. Eli, you should look. You should look this up. Hollywood Superman jumps it jumped into a. Uh, Don't look it up. You're just gonna be sad. No, no, it, it ties right in. Everybody needs to look the it up. Guy the guy ho- died. You're gonna be sad. It's not a fun article. He's a Hollywood Superman. He's been on on the Sunset oh, Strip, being Superman for like the last thirty years. He kind of looks like um, not Keanu Reeves. Um, Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he does. He looks like Keanu Reeves. Christopher anyway, Reeves. He also jumped in to a charity, um, charity thing, uh, like a clothes bin, and died. So it's a mm. common thing with meth heads. It's a common thing. Mm-hmm. Wait, common thing with what? Meth heads. No. I'm, you're you, you're fading out, out each but time you say it. Are you doing that on purpose? <laughs> it, I no, feel like he is. Like he's somehow he's on. A, he's got an elbow on the button. Just like uh, okay. So let's just round this thing out so we can get the hell out of here. After we made fun of that lady, so it says you seemed aware during this recording session that the episode would be 
problematic. Please take your instincts more seriously. FYI, you know, this is interesting. You failed to inform us in your initial paperwork that Cynthia Gibbs has a master's degree in education. Her infractions from the previous episode have been expunged and her records updated. Context is important. So there you go. It pays to have a few letters after your name, I guess. And, uh, well, we have no letters for this podcast after our names, but maybe after a few more notes from Portland, we will. I do want to thank, once again, I, I really thank, especially if you made it this far. Oof. Um, thank you guys so much for, for listening to this show, and I hope... Uh, you know, I hope we're I hope we're bringing ideas and and uh, a little bit of levity. You know, not a lot of not a ton of humor in this episode, but we're covering this big big thing that's kind of relevant to the industry. And I'm actually I'm really looking forward to this episode getting uh, getting released because I think this is I I don't want to say it's important, but this this definitely should be talked about. Not necessarily from the perspective of you know do we all do we all take this as gospel, but how do we look? at our own skill sets and are we meeting the needs of our business even if we do score like a, a wet bag of garbage on this thing uh are we meeting the needs of our business that's that's the question that we should be asking ourselves and could we try a little harder you know that's certainly something that i think uh i think i want to consider there too i don't know about you but i counted 150 uh attempts at humor in this uh you think that's what it was? <laughs> at least, at conservatively, 150. All right, um, Eli, where do you want folks to get a hold of you? Uh, Great Lakes Fly on Instagram. Uh, you can check out my uh, my side biz, my passion, and uh, I'm on LinkedIn as well. Very good, uh, Mr. Costics. Myself, just my name at Gmail or also LinkedIn. LinkedIn, there he is. All right, you can find me in a few different places. Where the hell can you find me? Uh, LinkedIn, yeah, LinkedIn, H-I-R-T. Make sure you spell it right. On Instagram, Dan Talks Training. And then on Twitter, Dan Talks L-N-D. And on YouTube, where we put uh, put these episodes now on YouTube, we pull out some of the little segments that are in there. We put those up there, too. That's uh, I'm just Daniel Hurt. It's, it's rather formal on YouTube, but there you have it. Now, music for this, which is not formal. I always like this good, song. Though. This... Yeah, it is. It is. It is. It's interesting. This is uh, this must uh, the show must be go by Kevin McLeod, and you can find his stuff at incompetech.com. But you won't find him on Twitter. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much. Uh, we again, we really appreciate you downloading us, listening to us, and um, and like I say, fire us off an email if you want, or just check us out on LinkedIn. Just connect or, or on uh, our various social media. Connect to us there. All right, thank you guys again. All right, that's the last time I'm saying thank you. Goodbye. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> thank you. Have a good one. Eli out. <laughs> uh, Just pull that mic fist from your face. Oh, God. I can't wait to be canceled. And so I started just adding it up, and I'm like, there's about 150-ish.